0: Hi, Shirley. Hello. Do you know about this dish called tomato and egg? So I actually didn't know about it until very recently because my housemate was making it one night and I walked in and I don't like tomato and I don't like egg. But she was cooking it and she doesn't. Okay. To give you some context, she doesn't cook. (laughs) very often and this one night she was making this tomato and egg dish and I asked her what is that (laughs) and she said it's something that my mum used to always make me when I was growing up and she's Australian, she now lives in New York and she just missed her mum so she was trying to make this dish Wow, I mean
1: it's interesting because it is a very home style dish I mean I also grew up eating this tomato and egg dish and It was definitely not one of my mum's finest moments. Like, it was not one of my favourite dishes. And every time she put it on the table, I would think, what is this tomato thing? Because tomatoes are not a common ingredient in Chinese culture. And I would almost say it's the only dish that she ever made with tomato. But for some reason... This kind of unremarkable dish shines very brightly in my memory. Maybe because it's a little bit unusual, but now when I eat it, it just takes me right back to my childhood dining table,
0: which is pretty incredible. I think that was why I became so interested in this, because I had never heard of it before, But when I started asking around, there were so many people who told me that exact story that you just told me. So I just kind of became obsessed with it. Mm. I I wanted to see how other people remembered the dish, how other people made it. And when I went and started asking people like Zeki, people like Jeremy and Ryan, who we're both going to hear from, they actually had very different versions, very different to the one that my housemate had as well.
1: I think you'll find with the tomato and egg dish that Every family has their own way of making it. It's not called home style for nothing. It's not a dish that you're going to commonly find in restaurants. But that's the beauty of it, you know. Like it's this one very very simple recipe that is unique to every family. I think there's a, in a lot of cultures there are those types of recipes. Hi everyone. This is Hetty McKinnon, and I'm the editor of Peddler Journal you're listening to The House Specials, where we give you a special behind-the-scenes look at the people, the food, and the stories of Peddler Journal. Today, we have something a little bit different. It's the first of a two-part special, where we look at the importance of one dish, tomato and egg. It's a very simple dish, it's a home-style dish, and I have my producer with me, Shirley Kai, and she actually went on a bit of a tomato and egg odyssey in New York City. So Shirley, who are we going to meet today?
0: Today you are going to meet Zeki Chan. She was a pop star in Hong Kong for a while, but then failed at that. Luckily, she did because now she is a very successful independent designer who lives on the lower east side of Manhattan. So Zeki lives on the top floor of an old walk-up building. Hi, Kuna. And she lives there with her husband, their adorable Shiba Inu, Kuna. Good work. And... The one thing you have to know about Zeki is she is a very type A person. Um, She's all or nothing. So when I went to visit her, she agreed to speak to me on the condition that she could still do some work.
2: How many candle vessels are in front of us right now? I think this is 72 plus this is 100. You're going to hand pour 100 candles? Oh yeah! It's from a business. (laughs) I'm a fashion designer, but I also sell candles.
0: (laughs) To understand where tomato and egg fits into Zeki's life, you have to back up a bit and understand where she came from. So Zeki was born and raised in Hong Kong before moving to the UK for high school and then to the US for college. And she's actually been living in the US now for over 16 years. Why did Zeki end up staying in the US? So I actually asked her that.
2: So I actually left... After I graduated for a little bit, I briefly moved home for work, which was singing. I was trying to pursue a singing career in Hong Kong. There was the opportunity after I was graduated, so I briefly pursue it
0: and fail. So then she had to make this very difficult decision to give up on her dream of being a pop star. And then she moved to the States to be with her boyfriend, who is now her husband. How long have you been married for? So this is
2: our 10th year mark.
0: Doing year. anything special?
2: We're having a baby. 10 years of marriage with no baby. So this is like our anniversary gift.
0: Are you excited?
2: <laughs> yes, I'm very excited. The baby is really big in my tummy right now. So I really need it to come out. I'm ginormous for somebody who are still three months away. So I don't know how I'm going to make it through the rest of the three months. But we'll get there. It's going to be painful, but I'm going to get there. So
1: So that's really interesting. Zeki is having a baby. Do you think that's had any impact on the way she views the
0: tomato and egg dish and other heirloom recipes from her family? That's a good question because... When I first spoke with Zeki about the tomato and egg dish, it was before she was pregnant. It was for the first issue of Peddler, where she told me that this dish was her way of staying connected to her mom while she was in college. So I thought going to interview her now while she's pregnant, there was going to be this moment where Zeki says, oh my gosh, I feel exactly like my mother. Now I understand why she cooks it. And I didn't get that. Um, That wasn't what was happening for her because all of this was very foreign. Motherhood is an entirely new concept to Zeki because she is she's the youngest of three children. She has always been someone who has been mothered and nurtured.
2: During my college time, my sister was actually also a college student as well, so we lived together in Queens. We lived in Regal
0: Park, Woodhaven, Bayside. And wherever they live together, her sister would always be the one that assumes the role of their mother, especially in the kitchen. So when we were living
2: together, she is the one that cook all the meals. Because I was like the baby, I don't know anything, and she's been living by herself for a while. A couple of dishes that she makes all the time, it's the tomato egg. It's one of the ones that she makes on a weekly basis, along with eggplant, cucumber, stir-fry beef stuff. <laughs> But my favourite, it's always the tomato egg.
1: So people might wonder, what is in this dish that makes it so special? But its very name pretty much tells you exactly what's in it, tomato and egg. What did you think of the dish, Shirley?
0: I have to agree, it is very simple. Even I was surprised when Zeki was listing the ingredients to me. It was about, you could count it on one hand. And I just thought to myself, for something that is so simple, it's crazy how it's had such a lasting impact on zeki's life even up until now when she's in her mid-30s so i asked her why she thought it is something that people think of so fondly
2: because it's sweet and it's pretty it's red it's yellow like kids would love it like if you have a kid at home that's what you cook every night and that's why all the hong kong people grew up loving that dish also but you cannot order it from out there. You cannot order like there's no restaurant serve that dish, but everybody have a version of that because that's what they that's what it get them to eat because it's sweet, it's it colorful and it's healthy at the same time. So, I think it's a lot of moms goes to. That's why there's so many versions floating out there.
0: How is your sister's version of tomato and egg compared to your mom's though? Hers
2: always Slightly bit less sweet, which, which is not, which is okay. I like mom's better because mom makes
0: it really sweet.
1: She's right. It is on the sweet side. And I actually also prefer mine sweet, which is unusual because I'm very much a savory person.
0: Yeah. And Zeki said that the secret ingredient to her mom's recipe is actually a specific kind of rock sugar that you can only find at Asian supermarkets. Is that the same for your mum?
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's actually called bing tong which is um, almost like a log of brown sugar that's being compressed. I didn't really know what it was growing up, but my mum always had it in jars in her pantry. And she, for some reason, it tastes kind of a lot like brown sugar, but she only pulled it out on special occasions. And tomato and egg was one of those dishes.
2: If my sister couldn't find it, she, she'd get creative. Like, she'd see whatever she has. Like, sometimes white... Sh- just normal sugar or domino sugar or some, I have seen her use like powder sugar for dishes, just because she doesn't have time to go out. You know, I understand, you know.
0: That is one of the main reasons why Zeki doesn't make it anymore because she just doesn't have the time, especially now that she's pregnant, to go out and find this particular kind of rock sugar. I eat tomato eggs maybe
2: every three, four months. Not, not not, often at all, actually. Mostly because I don't live really close to Chinatown. And also, it's just... It really, it's becoming a novelty to me.
0: Do you just save it up for when you go back to Hong Kong then?
2: Yes. Big time. Like, Sorry. I think I would write down, like, a list of things that, like... Mom, here's the things that I want to eat the first night when I got home. Because she always asked me, so it's your... Off the plane menu, what do you want and then so I tomato is always part of it, always, yeah, so
0: how often do you go back to Hong Kong, or how often do you see your mom then?
2: once a year i go back I go back home about once a year, um about three weeks each time, so I see her like that three weeks. I would probably have dinner every night at home. How often do you talk to your mom then about once or twice a day been been like that for so many years.
0: She and her mom stay in touch via WhatsApp, so they speak on WhatsApp every day and that is actually how she came to get this recipe of her mom through a phone call. I
2: was just like, "Oh, how do you make that dish? I see sister do it like, you know, boiling the tomato and then, you know, I know the gist of it, but I don't know the how much my mom put in." But to be honest, though, my mom just really vague about it. I was just like, oh, you know, just a handful, you know, rock sugar, put like a piece or two. I mean, how big? Like an inch, like two inch, like, like, like how much? And then she'd be like, ah, maybe an inch and a half. Like, (laughs) you know, that's like, that's how moms cook. And I was like, oh, ginger, how many peas? Um, you know it's up to you, you know, three to four or five or six slices. And I'm like, okay, so what do you usually put in? And then she needs to really think about it.
1: So I can completely relate to what Zeki is saying. Whenever I ask my mum for a recipe, it's always that. First off, you don't know how to cook it. You're not going to be able to cook it. And then it's the reluctant, a pinch of this, a bit of that. Oh, you know, when it looks the right color. I can completely understand where Zeki is coming from. For a lot of mothers, cooking these home-style dishes is muscle memory. It's intuitive. And this is what we should really admire about the way mums cook. It's all about improvising and using the ingredients at their fingertips.
0: It's funny because she was actually very reluctant to cook me this dish. It was intimidating to her to cook a, her mum's dish that, with such a vague recipe. But she ended up agreeing based on the condition that we do it right. So we have to have the right ingredients. So, we went to Chinatown. We ended up going to your favorite supermarket in Chinatown, the Chinatown Supermarket of Manhattan, very, very appropriately named. I'm actually gonna let you take over and describe what it's like there because I feel like you know this so well.
1: Wow, this is like my favorite supermarket in New York. Um, I discovered it not long after I moved here. And for me, walking through those aisles, I was like a five-year-old kid again. Um, One thing I really discovered is no matter where you live in the world, Chinatown is kind of the same. So I saw the same brand um, noodles that my mum would have. They had all the candies that I used to eat when I was young, like white rabbit and all the little biscuits that my mum would give to us as treats. And for me, it was... It was like I arrived home, and it's still the place that I go when I'm feeling slightly homesick and I want a taste of my childhood.
0: Yeah, I think that is exactly how it felt. I I walked in and I felt like I was at home as well.
1: It's a fairly typical Asian supermarket. You've got all, you know, aisles and aisles of noodles and candy, sauces, and then we go downstairs and there's fresh produce. It's all happening here, so it was pretty incredible that you managed to go there with Zeki and actually see her shop for her tomato and egg ingredients.
2: I just need the rock sugar. Do you see it? Do you want to just ask? I'm going to ask the lady from the front. I'm going
0: to I'm to ask where is the What? This one the end. Oh,
2: OK. 對面, <laughs> Oh okay. She said like until you walk, until you couldn't walk.
0: <laughs> did you
2: find that's it? That's kind.
1: What's the difference?
0: No idea. So which one did she end up choosing? She just grabbed the one that looked the most similar to the one that her mom used to use, actually.
2: Okay, well, I was gonna.
0: No idea what the difference was between the two, but that's how she decided. And then after that, we went down to the fresh produce section just to pick up some last few things.
2: Tomato. I have eggs at home. Mm -hmm. Uh, What kind of tomatoes do you have to use? Um, I usually use the kind that I see in Hong Kong market. So that kind with like um, the The fancy kind with the vines, we don't have it at home. So I don't use that. So I'll just By home, you this. mean Hong
0: Kong? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. These are the kind that my mom used. I'm sure it might not be a huge difference, but I just feel like this is what
1: she... So is. I completely agree with Zeki here. Whenever I make this dish, and I did make this very recently, I always go for the types of tomatoes that I wouldn't normally eat. It's the big fat ones, the ones that are, look completely out of season. They're pale. They don't look like they have much taste. There is no vines. But they're the ones that I used to eat growing up at home. I used to almost eat them like apples. And they're the only tomatoes that we ever had in our house growing up.
0: So once we grabbed all of the ingredients, we went straight back to Zeki's apartment to start cooking this dish. And we just dived straight into it. So she started washing the rice, because you have to eat this dish with rice, according to Zeki. She began beating the eggs, chopping the ginger and the scallions.
2: I just boiled these um, tomato. Now I'm just peeling, running it through
0: ice water to get the skin out.
1: And how was she cooking all this, Shirley? Was, she, was this all from memory? This. Mm,
0: just no, she was following it test test from... She opened time. up her WhatsApp and was basically trying really hard to follow this recipe that her mum had written. I have to say, once, the, once we got to the stage of the tomatoes, that's when I really noticed a shift. How so? I feel like from then on, she started going with the flow and cooking it from her memories of how her sister cooked it and how her mum cooked it because she started talking about those memories.
1: You mean like tasting and using the taste as a indicator of whether the dish was cooked correctly?
0: Less tasting, more procedure.
2: And the kind of just, they call it, you know, in Chinese, which I don't really what know do they what call is it? it? Like you know, they left the ginger and the scallion fragrant with hot oil.
1: And then for the crucial moment, the key ingredient, the bingtong, the rock sugar, what did you think? How did that go, Shirley?
0: We had already put in uh, quite a few chunks of rock sugar, but after Zeki let it simmered for a bit, she decided that it wasn't quite sweet enough, so she went back.
2: Oh, I just I just tasted it a little bit. Now it's, like, really pretty much like breaking down. But um, I just tasted it. I just want it to be a little sweeter. So I just put in another half an inch of, like, rock sugar in there. So ho- And then I'm going to cover it again and just let it melt. Put in some more. And let the flavor kind of, like, work together for a little bit.
0: Yeah. And then after that, she basically scrambled the eggs, tossed everything together. The color's completely changed.
2: Yeah. I mean, the sugar caramelized and then it got darker. Um, so now it's all done. So after it's, the eggs is cooked through,
0: Tada! It wasn't that long uh, between the time we started and, and by the time we were plating up.
1: I guess a lot of home-style dishes are kind of thrown together. Very
0: quickly. How long does your mum take to cook her one?
1: That's a really good question. I don't ever remember seeing her cook it. Um, My mum's version is also different. She drops the egg in, so that's her own little spin.
2: Okay, eating time.
0: And what did you think of the dish? For someone who doesn't like egg, it was actually pretty tasty. Um, very plain, in my opinion, in terms of what it looked like. It just looked like scrambled eggs with some tomato, but it was sweet. Um, it packed a lot of flavour and it sat really well with the rice. I think
1: that uh, it's probably right that the sugar is so important because it is such an unusual dish and probably one of the reasons it is so unusual is because of the sweetness. Um, Cantonese cooking doesn't normally tend to be sweet, so... Perhaps that's why this particular dish shines so bright in a lot of kids' memories is because it's so sweet. And was Zeki
0: happy with this version of her mum's recipe? I guess you could say she was happy. It was a little, little different from her mum's version.
2: Hmm. It's a little sweeter than I want. <laughs> He's a little heavy-handed on the sugar there a little bit, I should have just, you know, a tiny little bit the second time around, but you know.
1: Let's face it, mum's recipes always taste better.
2: It's still good though.
0: So when you eat this, what does it taste like to you?
2: Home, I guess.
0: Yeah, like childhood. You know, when I was on my way to Zeki's studio that morning, I thought that I was going to see this huge shift in the way that she thought about the dish. Because the first time I spoke with her, she wasn't pregnant yet. And then now that she's on the verge of motherhood, I thought there'll be a moment. But to be honest, there was no big shift. When Zeki was cooking the dish, when she was talking about it, it was still linked to her childhood. When she eats it she instantly is transported back to her childhood in Hong Kong. And I think that is actually what this dish represents. You mean it's
1: like she's yearning for her childhood when she eats this
0: dish? Those flavours, that's what she it reminds her of? Yeah, and I think when you're when you are missing your childhood or when you are yearning for a piece of your childhood, this is the dish that you go to.
1: I have to agree that I never cooked this dish before I moved to New York and now it's a dish that I dream about. And it's because exactly like Zeki, I'm yearning for my childhood and those memories. This is the House Specials. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can also find more stories like this in our magazine, which is out now at All Good Booksellers and online at pedlarjournal.com. And please join us next time when we'll hear part two of this two-part series about tomato and egg. See you then. The House Specials is a podcast brought to you by Peddler Journal. We are a completely independent, self-funded publication. Peddler is a passion project, and the reason we are so inspired to bring you these stories in print and in audio is because of the support we have received from readers. Many of you have asked how you can support our magazine. You can do this by purchasing a copy, subscribing to this podcast, telling your friends about us, or by making a donation towards funding this podcast through the link in our show notes or on our website.